Welcome to My Higa Podcast, Experience Togetherness, an exclusive podcast in geriatric medicine, geriatric care, geriatric health, healthy aging, and life's simple pleasures. My Higa, discover trusted senior living and care. My Higa was founded on the concept that senior living and senior care is something worth celebrating. Hello and welcome back to my Higa Experience Togetherness podcast. Today, we will be holding a discussion about understanding and preventing suicide in older adults. Welcome, Dr. Purnima. Thank you, Shruti, for the opportunity to discuss about a very difficult topic today. And for listeners globally as well, we will do our best to address many aspects of this unfortunate incident that affects many in our communities around the world. Suicide is one of the leading causes of death in the US, affecting men and women of all ages. How do you think it affects the elderly? Yes, Shruti, uh, suicide is indeed one of the leading causes of death in the US and unfortunately, around 45,000 deaths in 2020 were due to suicides, which is about roughly one death every 11 minutes. And the number of people attempting suicide is also much, much higher. It was a third leading cause of death in adolescents, teens, and persons in their early 20s. Suicide was the 10th overall leading cause of death in the USA. Now suicide accounts for more than more deaths in teenagers and has trumped homicides. According to the World Health Organization, more than 700,000 people die due to suicide in the world every year. That is a really staggering number, uh, and especially for people attempting suicide, because that number is much, much greater. Unfortunately, further research shows that such deaths are seen more likely in low and middle income countries or societies. Most common methods were through ingestion of poisons or pesticides, hanging, and then firearms. It is a serious public health concern and issue. Now coming to genders and ages. Suicide is still the biggest killer of men in the world and surpasses women, though women are more likely to seek care and get diagnosed with depression especially. Nearly the number of men dying by suicide in the USA is about 3.5% more or compared to women. And similar rates are seen in other countries as well. Uh, I believe UK is at uh, 4% and uh, other countries are at 2.5% to 3%. We will not go into the definitions of suicide, um, but let us now talk about our elderly and suicide. Among our elderly, suicides are about 18% and around 8,500 older adults committed suicide in 2017. Around 18.43 cases per 100,000 were seen in elderly between the ages of 75 to 84 years. About 20.86 per 100,000 in elderly 85 years and older. All of the ones I just mentioned are such alarming statistics, given the fact that one would normally never have guessed such. Isolation, social, familial, 
and struggling financially, economically, emotionally, mentally, physically, have been noted to affect the elderly to take these extreme steps. This alarming condition is like cancer and it's spreading widely all over the world. Though the rate of suicides and the number has declined overall in the world. This rate is highest virtually for elderly in every part of the world. COVID had its own drawbacks recently in that elderly faced so much mental health crises like that of the younger people and children especially. With the global aging rates in every country, longevity and the reality of nuclear families, suicide rates are still high in this section or straight out society because of an increase in the dependency, isolation and other issues. As old age sets in, though dementia is not a normal part of aging, physical and mental functions start slowing down too. Aging starts when people feel they cannot be productive because we live in a society where productivity is seen as macho or cannot contribute much to our society. Quality of life index is changing and it's not the happiness factor anymore. And societal demands are as well. And our elderly find themselves caught between the two, independence versus dependency. Such statistics are being increasingly seen in countries in European Union, like Austria, France, Germany, Hungary, and Korea, where the rates of suicide are extremely high at 15 times of the younger populations. Though older adults take that drastic step, the rate of such behavior itself increases six times more than in women in people over 75 years of age. In China, the rates are at 38.2% of total suicide rates. And in Australia, Canada, and New Zealand, they are at 12 to 13 per 100,000 elderly. There are clear differences in suicidal attempts versus suicidal rates. So going back to our data, the risk gets higher with age globally and in all economic strata of society. What are some of the reasons for this vulnerability? This is a question that's really thought-provoking, Shruti. Since humans are humans at any given age, and we as a society do not think of such as we shun our elderly, there are many factors that, that can make an older adult become vulnerable. As we age, we most likely will suffer from some chronic medical conditions. And with this comes the burden of pains, physical inabilities, mental and cognitive changes, declines, ability to continue hobbies, activities, um, and hence dependence increases. Most elderly need care from a caregiver at some point in their lives. And the rate, uh, according to the USA statistics, is that 70%, 71% actually of elderly will require care. More commonly, such is seen in older men rather than women, as women seek help earlier than men, and hence the lifespan rates are significantly lower for men in any given country in the world. This phenomena of feeling abandonment, loneliness, isolation, being distraught, accompanied by the burden of caring for oneself can be too challenging for some. And sometimes elderly see this as a way to relieve themselves and of their family's burdens. So there's a component of societal values, norms, traditions, expectations, and so on that come with this. Job opportunities decline with aging. 
and ageism is very well alive in every part of the society and world, even though people criticize it. People older than 50 are seen to be slower, though are more experienced, and hence lose out to younger counterparts. I must say that I saw this in my career as a geriatric specialist for many years. With loss of such productivity and being seen as not resourceful or useful, financial burdens take over as well. Most people on this planet do not have two square meals a day, and nor do they have the financial ability or stability to have a decent savings account in order to retire well and be well and be cared for. Such problems do trigger the desperation seen in the path to taking their own lives. Other reasons for their vulnerability can be divided into non-clinical and clinical issues. Non-clinical can be psychosocial, environmental, spiritual, familial, emotional, financial, and clinical. Can be any chronic conditions, health concerns that take up majority of their time caring for themselves. Like all humans, our aged people believe in fairness, love, respect, job security, and more. And any dysfunction, disturbance, or imbalance can make them more vulnerable. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, it was the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. in 2019. Why is suicide uh, higher in older adults? It is a very important question to address. Um, in this context, I must begin by stating that older adults in most cases um, plan this act ahead of time. There's a lot of planning and organizing that goes on. And uh, it is not usually a sudden or unplanned act on impulse. They also use more deadly methods as they have made a decision and are sure of the fact for any of the reasons we are discussing today and do not want to be alive at the end of the act, unfortunately. This itself is unfortunately the reason for such high rates around the world, despite the fact that overall rates have been declined. The higher rates, as we learned, are also more so in males. There might be underreporting in many countries as it is still a taboo for that family where this might have taken place. And so usually, the reasons for such are given as old age, frailty, and so on. It is especially common where longevity is not celebrated and such behaviors in our societies are harmful because they lead to not only underreporting but also not getting the right help and resources for the elderly need. I would also like to mention that most are termed as silent suicides. Elderly also have certain ways of doing things. And with the changes in the technology, our world, our lifestyle changes and so on, it becomes difficult for them to adapt or for our elderly to match up to their younger counterparts. And hence, they might end up feeling lost and that this was not the world they wanted to be in or be living in and so on. Such attitudes can also create hostility in any elderly and surroundings as well. Hence, in many societies, the causes of such an act. Sometimes the elderly that outlive their counterparts, be it friends, spouses, partners, maybe neighbors, and so on, feel like they are not worth living longer. In fact, even though my own grandfather never attempted any suicidal act or had intention of such, he would let us know every time we spoke with him or visited with him what it was to live to a ripe old 100 plus when everyone in his street 
and in his friend circle had already passed away. So lack of social meetings, gatherings makes them feel more lonely, even if they had all the material wealth they needed. And this loneliness is one of the biggest factors and is untreatable and needs stimulation from society. Some elderly have lost their senses like vision, smell, hearing, taste, including ability to drive, take public transportation, as they become bound to canes, wheelchairs, and walkers, and hence feel like they're not really thriving and merely living day by day. Lack of access to people, places, fun, activities also makes them more vulnerable in many ways. Even though family may be very supportive or they may have caregivers in the form of close family members or caregivers, still they're unable to have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation like they did with people of their age. Not getting diagnosed for mental health issues like depression for various causes, including social stigma or societal stigma, I call it, concerning mental health, can be so devastating to the person suffering in silence. For people used to being the breadwinners and being the bread earners and being the man of the house or the provider of the house and suddenly becoming powerless, dependent, feels like they have lost everything they have. This hope, hopelessness is that what was associated. This hope is that was associated with that healthy confidence, ego or life can make them feel worthless and hopeless now. There is something that must be mentioned is that 58% of elderly in the world who committed suicide saw a primary care physician or, some, or spoke with somebody they knew within the past or last month of life, unfortunately. Dr. Purnima, are there any other reasons for suicidal intent in older adults? Yes. Unfortunately, reasons for suicidal intent are many, as I mentioned earlier, just now. And some of them that I did not mention are that certain conditions like health conditions, which may be chronic, acute on chronic or acute conditions, causing undue stress can also trigger such intent. One of them is a prior attempt in taking their own life. The repeat rates are much, much higher. Failure of the first act can also be a trigger for a second intent. Dementia, cognitive challenges, and fear and anxiety and depression, unhappiness associated with it can also be triggers. And unfortunately, most are in the mild to moderate stages of dementia. Because by the time they're in end stage of dementia, they're mostly bed bound and they cannot speak, they cannot comprehend, so they're not able to continue with this act. Sometimes concomitant uh, psychiatric factors, disorders, personality changes, or disorders can be triggers and make someone impulsive in that moment of anger and so on. Medical conditions like diabetes with having to be careful about blood sugar testing, controlling, eating healthy diet can be cumbersome for someone with no support system in place. Similar is seen for uh, heart patients, especially with heart failure patients. For those who are battling cancer, a primary or secondary through metastases and know of their impending decline, might decide to take such a step. Similarly, stroke, post-stroke depression, and the inabilities that come with a stroke and the dependability can also do. Alcohol abuse, overuse, drug abuse, to compensate for that loneliness or death of someone 
can be fatal triggers. Chronic pain is worthwhile to mention here. People, you know, with chronic joint issues affecting gait and not a candidate for surgery or failing treatments might feel that way as well. So are being disabled people, or I call it as challenged in any way, can also be a trigger. Having to go to renal dialysis for once end-stage kidney or renal disease is also a trigger. Others like dementia of Lewy bodies, uh, Parkinson's disease, um, etc., can be also. Others like dementia of Lewy body, Parkinson's disease can also be also. And one of the examples is um, the famous actor Robin Williams. Um, also are war, societal discrimination by caste and creed, race, color, age, refugees, migration, indigenous heritage with no resources, human rights violation, um, sufferers, LGBTQI people, prisoners of war, prisoners of any kind, and even people who have been abused repeatedly or imprisoned for no wrongdoing can also have such feelings. While older adults comprise just 12% of the population, they make up approximately 18% of suicides. What are the warning signs of suicide in older adults? There are many, many warning signs of suicide in older adults. A close family member or perhaps a healthcare professional might have heard some of them usually. Because most people who plan such an act usually tell someone a month or in a time frame prior to committing the act. Mental health is critical and some of the signals stem from the crises like depression, depressed mood, coupled with anxiety at times, appearing apathetic, upset, anxious, frustrated, depressed, agitated, confused. Some people have difficulty falling or staying asleep and should not be mistaken for other causes of sleep disturbances, including sleep apnea, which we shall discuss in a subsequent episode. Our elderly might be also seen as hot or cold, having mood swings, and um, sometimes being like in and out. They may be confused, or they could be delirious, or it might be just aging or age in certain cultures. Sometimes they stop doing their groceries, start starving, become anorexic, uh, nutritionally deprived, neglect their personal care, hygiene, brushing teeth, combing their hair. Uh, they are like, um, they like being unshaven, wearing tattered clothes or same clothes or unwashed clothes. Uh, the home may be dirty, scattered. Uh, there might be big fall risk because of too many things in the house. And the person having lost all interest in any activities of daily living. Many times they become avoidant, and it's something different than avoidant personality disorder, and prevent themselves being seen in the society, community, and want to stay within the four walls of their home or room. They neglect family celebrations and come up with excuses, which might seem valid, but in reality, they're not since they start camouflaging and not wanting to be seen or heard for what they're planning. Some people feel shameful or of having such thoughts and can distance, uh, distance themselves from the kith and kin, while others feel vulnerable and they pour over all their emotions and guilty, feel guilty again, and feel that they are a burden to their families and societies. 
I mentioned in a previous episode of how people start drinking heavily and smoking more or taking drugs, and in doing so, do not realize that they are slowly killing themselves with their actions. And they may be doing this out of depression, anger, anxiety, frustration, and not fully comprehending that every action like these are posing a threat to their very well-being further and indirectly leading to self-deprivation of a normal lifestyle and cozy living. Some people in my career became bold enough to talk about dying and death and were fearless to some extent, and some had no emotion, though just one person, I believe, attempted such. This is in fact really alarming and can take the family off guard because death is not talked about in most parts of the world. It is not a normal day-to-day conversation at all one can have. Not in the living room, not in the dining table, or at the dining table. Sometimes our elderly might get all their finances done, business in order, trust, will, and so on. And if suddenly such has occurred, one must be questioning the motivation behind such. This is one of the common giveaways of someone contemplating the act of taking their life. Changes in thinking like the above and careful planning are signs we must be aware of. Sometimes calling family and making changes in will can be seen as thoughtful, but instead it might be something else lurking behind. People also stop taking their medications on time, refilling their prescriptions, and hence they may be having greater problems with their underlying medical and health issues and conditions, and such acts go unnoticed at times. With the advent of social media, we have seen people going online or live and talking about their plans and so on. This is really a big red flag, as this sudden surge of courage to do something so drastic is something most often seen in people who are truly contemplating, thinking, and planning and organizing such acts. Some people have quit their jobs or hobbies abruptly and walked away, and it may not be very obvious, as as they are post-retirement probably. Friendships and partnerships and relationships play a major role. And loss of a spouse, friend, neighbor, community member, partner, children, grandchildren, you know, is also a trigger. Emptiness syndrome is a major trigger. Not showing interest in the future or planning for future is a red flag. So for example, somebody buying a one-way ticket, somebody going on a cruise one way, somebody planning for a drive one way, something like that. Those are all red flags. Retirement is also a major trigger for many as they feel they have lost their independence and the spirit of life. Lack of personal safety and reckless work can be a sign of such. Dr. Purnima, how can we support someone with suicidal thoughts? Very important question, Shruti. First and foremost, leaving aside our ego and being at the level of the concerned is critical for most people who have attempted such things and feel that no one hears them or cares for them or is concerned for them. Having patience to listen, tolerance building, and not being judgmental and giving answers or solutions by force or by coercing them to use the support services is not a good thing sometimes. But 
those uh, things like support systems are useful and are a good thing. Asking open-ended questions and not close-ended questions is critical. Feeling trusted, making them confide in us is more important than getting a yes or a no. We must not be afraid to ask and be vulnerable to converse with them. Elderly are open if we are open, and I have seen this in my entire career as a geriatrician. Questions like, how can I help you? And directly asking, are you thinking about suicide? Are the best way to begin this difficult conversation? And I know this is a difficult question to ask for a primary care provider who probably does not have the confidence to do that. But believe me, you all do have the confidence to ask such questions and you should be asking such questions. Including suicidal questionnaire in our comprehensive geriatric assessment or examination should be done irrespective of how old the person or elderly might be. Being present in the moment is needed. Most elderly who are losing it do not care for any listener, but will if we can feel them and connect with them in an emotionally intimate way by being present for them at that moment and going thereafter. Regular visits or calls are essential and dropping the ball as we call it or abandoning the elderly as such an emotionally unstable stage is incomprehensible and must be avoided at all extent. Not making futile promises that will eventually never be kept is all about respecting our elderly. And I've seen this as being very true as a geriatrician before. So safety and security are also priority and should be kept at every step of the intervention and support must be provided to the elderly. What is their access to basic needs? What do we know about them? Where do they live? How do they eat? Where do they shop? What resources do they have? How is their financial condition? What are their medications? Who are their doctors or healthcare professionals? Where do they get their healthcare from? Where do they get their care from? Who is in their life right now and so on must be addressed at every visit with the prov provider. Questions on personal harm and contemplation of future harm must be addressed regularly and often, not just at an annual exam. I have done this on a regular basis, sometimes monthly, sometimes quarterly as a physician and a geriatric specialist. And believe it or not, it has helped me understand the person better and has helped us in preventing many things in the elderly's life. The mind is fragile and needs time to get over the negative feelings that triggered these. Asking details and keeping track of their whereabouts on methods of harming themselves and so on is critical. A detailed plan is as dangerous as a plan that is carried out. So please remember that. Making and building connections with peers of their age is wise. Support systems can be age-based or across the spectrum. However, the main thing is to make sure that those systems are reliable now and in crisis in the future. Always follow up, always, always follow up and follow up closely with good intentions and real interest, respect and kindness. It matters to any elderly and it does to us as well. With a complete examination and understanding of the elderly's needs, we can also help them with hearing, vision aids, mental health needs, and adult daycare or a PACE program might be worth noting here. 
though they, they may not be available in all countries of the world. For our listeners, if you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, help is available. Agree, Shruti, to all our listeners of our podcast. Please contact the Suicide Prevention Hotline in your country and keep it available and in sight in your medical workplaces and at home as well. Please kindly make a list of resources you might need in case, even though they may never be needed. Prevention is always better than cure. Please, please, and please also make sure that you include the elderly in every plan you make, unless and until they're cognitively challenged. It is the one critical piece of advice I'm going to share with you all. Thank you so much, Dr. Purnima, for talking about this topic and sharing so much information with me and the listeners. I'm glad that we picked up this topic for today's episode. And to all our dear listeners, if you want us to discuss any of the topics or uh, you want us to answer any of your questions, please get in touch with us on one of our social media platforms and we would certainly create an episode to address those. We want to help our beloved elderly find a cozy space where they can live, retire, or get care, all while saving time, resources, and the environment. We want to promote the mental health and well-being of our seniors through education, empowerment, and experience. The focus of our company is cozy living, which is why we are dedicated to finding our elderly an environment that they feel comfortable and where they can continue to make beautiful memories. Our email is contact at mahiga.com. Looking forward to hearing from you in the form of questions, reviews, and a lot more. Here's wishing all our listeners health, wealth, and Mahiga. We look forward to connecting once again with a new episode on Failure to Thrive. Thank you all for listening. We are grateful you joined us in our pursuit to celebrate aging globally with Mahiga. You can explore our blogs. They are free to read and easily available on our website, www.mahiga.com. Sign up for our special newsletter, Discover Senior Living with Mahiga for exclusive content.